You're listening to the Benton Heights Presbyterian Church Podcast. We hope this message brings you encouragement and helps to build your faith in Jesus. We're glad you're here to listen to this message from Pastor Paul. When Lori started working as a pharmacist, she was up against some of the rudest people who didn't treat her as a medical professional, but more as a pill counter who worked for them. I told her, I said, you know, working with the public wouldn't be so bad if it weren't for all the people. As any of you know who work in the service industry, this is true. There are people who are always bitter, angry, feeling entitled. And believe it or not, that leads us to today's scripture text because it speaks in a very timely way about being appreciated. And I think this is timely because our world may just be more rude, more critical, more demanding than ever. And for all of you who work in the service industry, I'll just apologize in general for almost everyone. It is so tough to work with certain people in their attitudes. The culture of entitlement is so deep, it would be laughable if an elected official stood up today and said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Many people would say, that guy's joking, right? He's talking about our responsibilities, not our rights. The whole world is filled with a lack of appreciation and thankfulness and gratitude. That being said, as we go to the Apostle Paul's words today, and I don't know if you're feeling a little bit you know, encouraged and, and appreciated or discouraged and unappreciated. The question is, what do you do with that? As we continue in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, we find ourselves at chapter 1, verse 15. He writes, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in all my prayers. Okay, think about these words. This letter. Don't think of it as just Paul writing to the Ephesians 2,000 years ago. Think of it as God writing to us. You see, we believe Scripture to be the inspired Word of God. Now, by that, we don't mean that God physically manipulated the author's hands, but through the Holy Spirit inspiring the hearts of the author to write what God wanted them to write. So although these are the Apostle Paul's words, his voice as it were, it's God's Spirit inspiring him. So it's not just God speaking to his people in Ephesus, it's God also speaking to us 2,000 years later. Now think about this. How many of you, would it change the course of your day, maybe even your whole life, to consider that God actually pays attention to your life, that he is thankful for your obedience and generosity and sacrifice and service, that the Lord Jesus himself genuinely appreciated you? Would that make a difference? Sure it would. See, the sinful trap we fall into 
and this affects our attitude, our, our joy, and our ability to serve, is that we want to be appreciated and we look to people and when we don't feel appreciated by them, we become bitter and angry and frustrated. Well, Paul is telling us that God is thankful for us. That God appreciates the obedience and the generosity and the faithfulness of his people. So it's not that you shouldn't feel appreciated. It's just that appreciation should come from the Lord Jesus. Now, we believe that God is omniscient. That means he's all-knowing. And now that could be a little bit of a scary thing, a punishing kind of thing if we think of it as, man, he knows everything. He knows what you're doing. And so God's omniscience can be seen as a bad thing, as like a surveillance camera on your life 24-7. God does indeed know and see all, and so he does know and see all of your sin. But he also knows and sees all of your obedience and your service and your generosity. So if God knows it all, he doesn't just know the day that you gave in to temptation. He also knows the day that you said no to temptation. Not just the day you were greedy, but the day you were generous. Not just the day you were lazy, but the day that you were serving him by his glory. And he even knows that we're not going to get that appreciation from others. You see, God sees, knows, appreciates it all. Jesus talks about those things, quote unquote, that are done in secret. What it means is only God truly knows what's going on. Now imagine you and I receiving this letter from the Apostle Paul. And what he says is, I want you to know about two things that I'm thankful for. He says, I'm thankful for your love for Jesus and I'm thankful for your love for God's people, the church. Okay, so you're, you're here. You're, you're watching this right now. And you love Jesus, and you love the church, and it's pastor. And so this is God's word for you. And if you don't love Jesus, and you don't love the church, and it's pastor, then you need to repent so that you can hear this as God's word for you. Let me remind you what Paul commended them for. He commended them. He said, your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people. And by love, he means you're praying for people. You're giving. You're serving. You're caring. You inconvenience yourself by getting involved. You give your time and energy to serve. You're working with the kids. Whatever your thing is, it's life that's flowing from you through you for the well-being of the church. I love the fact that Paul starts all this by talking about how he appreciates God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And then he transitions to talk about how much he appreciates God's faithful people 
who love Jesus and love the church. You and I, quite frankly, can deserve, uh, need a bit of encouragement. And if you're looking for that encouragement from people, you may very well be disappointed. But if you're looking for encouragement from the Lord Jesus, He appreciates you. And that means a lot. Because what happens is that begins to change you and and, and change how you react to circumstances. Okay, the second thing that Paul wants us to know is this, that we are appreciated through prayer. And we in turn then appreciate others by praying for them. Again, verse 16, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Paul is praying for people. Now, let me tell you, he could be grumbling. His life was very hard to this point. He had a lot to grumble about. I mean, he's in prison. (laughs) That alone would cause many of us to grumble for quite a long time. Why is he in prison? DUI? Tax evasion? Knocked over a liquor store? (laughs) Why is he in prison? Because he's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. It could be very easy for Paul to go to grumbling. I love Jesus, but I'm in jail. What kind of deal is this? But he's not grumbling. He's praying. He knows that that Jesus appreciates his hard work by the grace of God and his generosity and his service and his sacrifice. So instead of grumbling about how hard his life is, I mean, does he have a wife? No. Could he grumble about that? Yes. He could say, you know, I don't have a wife. I'm poor. I don't make a lot of money. My life is hard. I walk up to 20 miles a day in ministries. My life, I've been beaten, shipwrecked, homeless, left for dead, adrift on the open sea, and now I'm in jail for preaching the gospel. Yet he knows that Jesus appreciates his life and service and sacrifice, and Paul certainly appreciates Jesus' life, service, sacrifice, and as a result, He's not grumbling. He's praying. And he's praying for others. He's not self-absorbed. He feels Jesus' appreciation, and that allows him to simply remember others and have affection for other people. You see, what's interesting is, is Paul's life is very hard. He's hated. He's criticized. He's opposed Physically beaten, separated from his church, sitting in jail, and what he's not doing is grumbling. And let me say, whatever you're going through, whatever I'm going through, chances are he had it harder. His life was much more difficult. Look, I've got a wonderful wife, two incredible daughters, two great sons-in-law, four amazing grandkids, All of them I love with my whole heart, and they are a great source of joy and encouragement for me. Apostle Paul didn't have any of that. 
I get to be with you today. Even if just online, Paul couldn't be with his people. Financially, you are generous to me. He had seasons of deep poverty. His life was hard. People may say bad things, but that's a whole lot different than being physically assaulted and shipwrecked. And he's not grumbling. Now, here's what I don't want to do. I don't want to approach this with a religious view and just say to you, well, just stop grumbling. You could just say, well, stop yelling. The key to overcoming grumbling in your life and in my life is to realize, know that the Lord Jesus suffered for you, that the Lord Jesus loves you, and that the Lord Jesus is generous towards you. And in any way that you are obedient to him, he sees it, he knows it, he appreciates it, he's thankful for you. Another thing that happens to those who realize they are appreciated by God is that appreciated people exchange competing for celebrating. Here's what happens. If you don't feel appreciated, all of a sudden you become competitive with others. All of a sudden you're like, well, I'm going to outperform them. They got the promotion. They got the raise. They got the 4.0 or the scholarship or the trophy. They got to be called elder. Whatever it is, and you're like, oh, they got it? I want it. And so I'm going to outperform them so I can get it. And then what sets in is unhealthy competition. Now, there is healthy competition. Even the Bible speaks of it. At a place like in Hebrews 10, let us spur one another on toward love and good works. That's good. What I'm talking about is usually not good. It's when you're feeling unappreciated. And you're competing because you want to be appreciated the way that that person is. This is where things like sibling rivalry comes in. Where spouses can even compete with one another because of jealousy. Where co-workers can turn on each other. Where even in ministry sometimes there are people jockeying for power. And politics comes into play and it becomes very unholy and unhealthy and unhappy. All of a sudden you're speaking ill of other people to take them down a notch. If they succeed... You're angry, you're frustrated, you're critical. If they fail, well, you're maybe kind of happy. The answer again is to know that we are appreciated by the Lord Jesus. Here's how Paul says it. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted 
when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. So what he starts by saying is, here's why we should really appreciate Jesus. And then he gives us a mini apostles creed that God the Father sent God the Son into human history to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to live among us as one of us, that he lived without sin, he died, he went into the ground, but he didn't stay there. That our Jesus rose from death, that he conquered Satan and sin and hell and death, that he ascended into heaven, that right now, Today, he is ruling and reigning from this authoritative position. And in the midst of this, he prays for them two things. One, that they would learn more about Jesus. He says, so I'm praying that he would, and here's his words, that he would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. He's saying, I want you to know him better And I'm praying that you will. And let me just say, it doesn't matter how long you're a Christian. There's always something new to learn about Jesus because your relationship with Jesus is always growing. And the second thing he prays is not only that they would come to a better knowledge of Jesus, but they would come to experience more of Jesus. He says it this way, that they would come to experience his incomparably great power for us who believe. He's praying not only would they know more about Jesus, but know more to experience Jesus in their life. That his power would be something to behold. And this is what the Holy Spirit's ministry does for you. He takes the life of Jesus, places it in you, and then you get to live that out. You get to live by the power of God every day. Friends, this is my prayer for you, that you would always learn something about Jesus, that you would experience his power at work in your life in a new way. And I can tell you, as someone who has walked with the Lord Jesus for quite a long time, there is always something to learn, always ways to change, always His power available to help you become what God wants you to be. Now, I can imagine some of you, even coming to this time today, wondering, does God really care? Does God really pay attention to my life? Then I hope... This is an encouraging word for you. You know, if you've been obedient and generous and and faithful, and some of you say, oh, I've got sin. Look, we all do. As did the Ephesians to whom Paul is writing. What you can then come and say is, I don't have to compete. I can celebrate I don't have to be jealous of what other people are doing. I can rejoice that God's spirit and grace are at work in them just as much as God's spirit and grace are at work in me. He goes on to say that 
appreciated people exchange bitterness for thankfulness. Now, if you feel unappreciated, you'll end up becoming bitter. Well, I don't have this. They didn't do that. And it can go to bitterness so easily. If you feel hurt, you feel taken advantage of, you feel unappreciated. And what's the answer? Again, the answer is not, well, just don't get bitter. That's like saying, well, don't be short. There are some things you just can't help no matter how much you want to try mentally. It's just not going to change it. So here's what Paul says. He's talking about Jesus being far above all rule and authority. That means Jesus is over all spirits and angels and demons and everything and everyone. Far above all power and dominion. And every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but in the one to come. So we'll be saying the name of Jesus from now and through eternity. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. You see, what happens is when you feel unappreciated and you become bitter, you start to think, how come they're healthy? And I'm sick. How come they're married? I'm single. How come they got the promotion? I got the termination. How come they don't do much of anything and people really love them and I feel like I'm doing everything and people don't really care? And what he says is that Jesus has given us the gift of himself. That Jesus right now is ruling and reigning over Satan and demons and all nations and all peoples and times and places and everything is under his feet. Look, the names of people will come and go. That means the ones that we are praising today are not the ones that are going to be praised in the days to come. Everybody's name eventually comes to an end. But the name of Jesus will go on forever. Here's what Paul is saying. When you think it's about your name, you become bitter. When you realize it's about Jesus' name, you become thankful. Now, here's what's amazing. Imagine how different this letter would be if Paul was bitter. Is Paul's name at this point one of, is it a glorious name or, or a shameful name? Well, in the eye of the world, he's a loser. Opposed by the government, hated by many, religious leaders want to kill him. He's sitting in prison. My name isn't that great to start with, but imagine if I were in jail, what people would say. Paul has gone from freedom to imprisonment, from a position in the culture where he is, uh, has dual citizenship, highly honored, respected, great education, speaks multiple languages, 
probably a member of the Sanhedrin, which is the Jewish Supreme Court, to where he is broke, single, in prison. How many of you are shocked that his heart didn't go to bitterness? It didn't. And here's why. Because it was just another opportunity for him to make much of Jesus and to help the church. He didn't even speak of his circumstances in a negative way. He looked at them as an opportunity to make much of Jesus and help the well-being of the church. We really want you to love Jesus and the church And it has nothing to do with building up our church, making it bigger, adding members to the the role. It's in part so that you can guard your heart against bitterness. That you would grow your life to what Jesus gave his life to. That you would not think that it was all about your name and your fame, but realize it's all about Jesus' name and his fame. Lastly, let me just say something about Paul and, and his prayers. About half the letter to the Ephesians is prayer. Prayer requests, prayer reports, full prayers. The text that we're reading today is a prayer. Certainly others that we'll see in Ephesians. But what I want, really want you to see is that Paul is teaching us that everything he does is intersected with prayer. That Paul's serving is intersected with prayers. Paul's suffering is intersected with prayer. In the midst of all of his circumstances, he's intersecting that with prayer. Sometimes what can happen is we come across prayers recorded in the Bible and we treat them as systematic theology, which is saying, okay, here's a model for prayer. That's, that's what it is, right? This is teaching us how to pray. This is so much more than that. This is a guy on his knees broken body, in a jail cell, opening his heart, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, talking to the Lord, and we get to eavesdrop in on that. We get to hear this relationship between Paul and the resurrected Christ. And one of the keys to learn, especially in Christian leadership, is that bathing everything in prayer and intersecting everything with prayer is vital. And what that means practically is part of your ministry is praying. Maybe you have some unbelieving friends. They're reluctant, maybe even hostile to the gospel. You can ask them, what can I pray for for you? How many of you have people and circumstances around you or in your life and you don't know what to do, you don't know what to say, you can't fix it? pray. Paul doesn't know if he's going to get out of prison. He doesn't know if he's ever going to see these church friends again. He doesn't know what's going to happen, but he prays for them. You see, the shortest distance between two people is prayer. You want to make a stranger a friend? Pray. You want to make an enemy a friend? Pray. Sometimes prayer moves the hand of God, but usually it's to move us more in a line, in alignment with His will, His heart. So 
a lot of times we'll come to the Lord and we'll say, Lord, I'm going to pray and I want you to move on my behalf. And it's like the Lord says, well, good, I, I want you to pray because I've been waiting for you to move. I want you to move your thoughts, your, acts, your actions, your feelings more in line with mine. Prayer is oftentimes about us lining up our lives with God's will and God's heart. That's what's happening here. And Paul lets us eavesdrop in on that. And the result is Paul's ministry of encouragement has lasted almost 2,000 years. That's the power of encouragement. That's what happens in an act of, of appreciation. It extends for a few thousand years. I want you to be very encouraged. I, I want you to be appreciated by who Jesus is and what he has done and to know that Jesus appreciates you. So if you have served, Jesus says thank you. If you have given, Jesus says thank you. If you've prayed, Jesus says thank you. If you're growing, Jesus says, thank you. And what this does is it frees you from the performance trap. And you simply get to serve his name and do it for his glory. Let's pray. Lord, we live in a day where a lot of us feel discouraged, depressed, used, abused, unappreciated. And we're talking about the health of our soul and the health of our families, the health of our church, the health of our workplaces. This is not about self-help or just being positive. We want a gospel-centered, Jesus-focused way of being encouraged and encouraging other people. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to let us know that we are yours, to the glory of the Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the message. You can connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, our website, bhprez.org, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on all our latest content.